Hello and welcome to Diaries of a Lady Gardener. If you think gardening is cool and would rather take a trip to the garden centre than go out-out, you found the right podcast, but also you're not in the minority. Research from Draper Tools has revealed that over 80% of young people officially think gardening is cool, mainly because of its benefits for mental health and the environment. Draper Tools are back for season two as sponsors of the Diaries of a Lady Gardener podcast, so why not join me in following them on Instagram? at draper underscore tools. I've been excited about recording this episode since I very first started the podcast. Kirsty from My Little Allotment was one of the first people I ever followed and chatted to on Instagram. I just found her so inspiring and absolutely loved watching Big Max develop over the first season. Without too many more spoilers, get ready for some fantastic pumpkin tales and insight into what it's like behind the scenes of a five-star Chelsea flower show garden and hear Kirsty's story all about how she found her passion for gardening. Enjoy! Hi Kirsty, how are you? Hello Shannon, I'm okay thank you. I am a little bit tired <laughs> after being at Chelsea all last week, but... Um, and I still feel like I'm on a bit of the Chelsea buzz and I just can't believe it's over already. It must have been the most amazing experience. I mean, I saw the garden in, in real life and it was absolutely stunning. I actually said to a few people, it, I, I loved it more than the show gardens because there were so many elements of it that were really attainable and that you could really take home as inspiration for your own garden. Oh, thank you so much. Like, I just can't believe like we've done it I just it feels like so surreal it felt surreal before it happened it felt surreal as it was happening and it still sort of feels surreal now but I think that was that was what was so nice about doing that garden was that we could make things appeal to people that actually that you could actually take home and put in your own gardens at home um you know without it being that sort of Chelsea budget (laughs) (laughs) yeah definitely and you could really see that coming across And how did you find the whole experience of sort of planning it through to planting it? Yeah, it's been quite a long process because Mukbu actually um, approached me. It was in 2019 that we we had a little chat about possibly doing something for Chelsea 2020. And this was obviously before um, COVID happened. So it's sort of been going on for ages. And actually, when it came to um, this year, I was um, I spoke to Elle at uh, Mukboot back in January, and that's when I put forward like my mood board ideas. So it's been nine months. Like that is such a long time. Um, it's been like a long journey. I've been like so excited about it, and for so long couldn't actually talk about it. And then you finally talk about it, and it like whizzes by. And like you say, and then all of a sudden you're there, you've built it, you've done it, and you're home. Going, wow, did that really happen? Yeah, definitely. It just seems like a bit of a whirlwind experience, but just the most amazing opportunity because it's not something, I guess, when you design your own garden, you're not designing it for a show, you're designing it for kind of your own enjoyment, but there must be quite a lot of pressure, but also super exciting. Yeah, I think that's um, one of the key things is like there was a lot of pressure but it was so exciting to be asked to be involved with something like that. Like that opportunity doesn't come 
very often mm-hmm. and when um it was spoken about like in 2019 and then again like um in tw- um in January this year I was like jumping at the chance I couldn't wait to be involved with something at Chelsea but also obviously the garden it was based around like all the well-being um you know uh themes and incorporating all the ideas of what I think is a things that are good for like a well-being garden so being able to put that take on it um was exactly like something that I really wanted to be involved in uh there was a lot of pressure I mean I I didn't grow all the plants but I grew all the pumpkins and I had these crates that I was growing all my dahlias and fruits and vegetables in and just making sure that they flowered and fruited <laughs> on time was just unreal. Like I was going to check on them like daily, making sure that everything was okay. And actually probably um, about two months ago, I'd actually planted up two of the crates and I think I'd used some bad compost. I know there's been a lot going on about like compost that hasn't been great. And I actually lost two of the boxes that were full of like all of these things that I've grown from seed. So I had to start again. Obviously that was quite stressful. <laughs> I can't even imagine like in the, like the stress of that, but you, you yeah. obviously pulled it out the bag and in the end, and um, you got five stars, which is just like cherry on top of the cake. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it, there were quite a few like problems like with obviously the weather this year was just horrific late frost like no rain loads of rain um and the season has just been the worst growing season that I've ever tried to grow anything on my allotment in so it's been difficult but then obviously to go and produce um such a great um trade stand for Mukbu um was incredible and then to get the five stars was just yeah the cherry on top absolutely and just feel so happy um for everybody involved and just that we've all got to be involved in that process has just been the most amazing opportunity and I would absolutely love to do it again (laughs) (laughs) that's always a good sign isn't it yeah I mean I say that I'd love to do it again but if I think about the stress of that day when those boxes had (laughs) you know all the plants had shriveled and died then maybe I don't want to do it again but um yeah I think like if anyone gets the opportunity to be involved in that process of doing a show garden or you know uh, building one or going to a show and helping people on like stands like obviously I know you help Lizzie on her stand like it's just such an amazing thing to be involved with like absolutely like and so much fun um, just something that you don't often get the opportunity to do definitely and you see it from a complete different side as well like I was only on the stand for a few hours but I'd like looked around all the gardens in the morning and then I went to help out and it was so amazing to meet all these people that were just having the best day and like enjoying their sunshine and shopping and coming to take pictures and yeah it was amazing to see it from sort of both sides but I do not envy anyone who stood on those stands for all seven days. Like how Lizzie got to the end, I have no idea. (laughs) I know, it's absolutely crazy. I think people literally run on adrenaline and coffee because Mm. um, on the Monday for press day, I think I got up at five o'clock at the hotel just so I could get like the tube in time and get across to be there for like 7am and 
you know, they're really, really long days, but they're days where you're also talking to lots of people and um, just being in front of lots of people all the time. And it's actually quite exhausting and you don't realise until you're sort of doing it. I mean, it's so nice to meet so many different people, but yeah, I think unless you do those sort of shows or you're involved in that sort of thing, like it's actually really hard. It's harder than it looks, um, even when it's something you say passionate about and passionate about and that you love, like it's still really hard. But I was just um, thinking about what you were saying a minute ago, but um, the week before um, Chelsea obviously opened on press day, uh, something that's going to stick in my mind forever was that I had to drive down in the van um, with all of the allotment stuff in the van and um, pulled up at the Chelsea gates and got to drive around the whole show to go and drop everything off at the muck boot stand. And we got to see everything that was in basically being created and to go from driving through where there's just trolleys of plants everywhere, gardens half made, like lorries everywhere, deliveries, and then going on press day and seeing it. like, And that was um, so five days between those two, um, the two times that I, I went. So I went on the Wednesday to drop off and then Monday was press day. Like, just to see the amount of sheer, like the sheer volume of work that goes in in just those five days is unbelievable and to have the experience just to have like a sneaky peek at everything was just so good like I just oh it was just incredible to see all the show gardens in progress was just just so so amazing it sounds magic and I think as well that's something that a lot of people just it's so easy to forget how like obviously there's the months and months and months of planning and growing and everything that goes into it but by the time press day starts like a lot of people have been in those gardens like prepping them for like so I think some of them said that they were there for like a few weeks beforehand yeah so some of the big show gardens start sort of like five weeks I think they get before before um press day so they've been there for five weeks like you say um building a, a garden mm. and I mean you can see why they need five weeks when they're bringing in like full-size trees and planting them <laughs> it's absolutely crazy but um yeah and also like like you say that these people have been involved in this process for probably like like if we go from normal Chelsea to Chelsea May to May like they're involved that process is like a good year or mm. more you know from design putting it on paper and and going forward and then building it so you know I don't think maybe people that aren't that don't go to the shows maybe don't realize like how much effort actually goes into it it's not just turn up a week before and build something you know this is years of planning which is it's just amazing it's amazing to see as well when you actually go I think mm. some people don't realize the sheer amount of work that goes into some of the big show gardens they they are just they're so pristine world yeah and you also like you don't consider the fact that actually a flower that has bloomed on Monday might not necessarily look perfect for the full seven days and they must have to spend so much time watering when I got there at 8 a.m um, they were like watering all of the plants and like walking around deadheading and stuff they were obviously kind of like making sure that everything was perfect but it's the kind of jobs that I always put up put off at the allotment and then I think oh it looks a bit messy yeah but for them it's like yeah it must look as perfect as they can make it every single day don't they 
yeah absolutely and a lot of like the plants are grown under like specialist like conditions so that they flower on time and flower maybe out of season so then they've got to look after them as much as possible like you say to keep them flowering so that that seven day period that the show's open so the work never stops (laughs) (laughs) definitely an experience you'd like to repeat though but um I actually remember you did a show garden before didn't you was it at Sandringham yes yeah I did uh that was um a lot more intense Mm -hmm. because I was sort of I did like the whole process like the design um ordering everything um preparing everything growing things ordering all the plants installing it it was like all of um my creation alongside Angie and Water so it was like a we we wanted to create something that was like something you could have at home but that was all like sort of for water saving and water efficiency that that was a very very stressful (laughs) actually like thinking about like very stressful time but again one of the most amazing experiences and I'd do it again in a heartbeat like it was just it was so much fun and um just getting like to be involved like there's such a community as well like at Sandringham all of the um people that were doing the the show gardens were just so lovely and you got to speak you know speak to them and I sort of live in everyone's pockets and you get to know these people really well and and then you see what they create and it's such a lovely experience um but I can see why people that design these gardens and go to shows are stressed (laughs) 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 um it's I think um it's all the timings you know making sure that your deliveries come on time and that you've you know the weather because actually when I was at Sandringham we just got to the point where we'd like put all the sand down and leveled the ground ready um to lay the stepping stones and the um slabs ready for the shed and then we had the most torrential rain and it washed all the sand away and we didn't have any more sand so it was like right now we need to get more sand so things like that things that are just totally out of like your control and we all know what the UK weather's like it was sunny last week and now it's throwing it down so all of those things are um, big factors in creating these gardens as well which is um which is always fun <laughs> yeah because you never know what you to what to expect from one year to the next with weather like last year it was so hot and dry and this year I was just messaging someone earlier we were saying about how I've actually probably only watered my allotment maybe like twice whereas last summer yeah. I'd, I'd gone through a thousand liters of water within the first six weeks probably even less yeah yeah definitely we've we can see the changes in the season sort of like year to year um like you say last year constantly watering and this year I've been really like oh oh I'll go and water a bit later on in the week so not really had to and um and and we've had like particularly like quite a warm September really and not a very warm August it's been it's been a bit odd I didn't know whether we'd maybe have like sort of like that Indian sort of summer like towards the end like going into the autumn but um then I woke up this morning and it was like eight degrees and it felt really cold. And I thought, yeah. no, it's definitely over. <laughs> We've basically skipped a winter at this point, but my, none yeah. of my tomatoes have ripened yet. So they're still in the greenhouse. And I'm like, I've got these beautiful beef tomatoes and I've only had like two. 
and all the oh, green God. fruits are on the vine but they're just not not getting anywhere it's too late now really isn't well it? <laughs> all I can well all I can say is at least you've got tomatoes I lost everything to blight so oh, no. <laughs> I'm just jealous that you have have tomatoes even if they're green <laughs> <laughs> To be fair, the blight this year, like my heart is broken for every single person. I remember when... um, It's been so bad. Yeah, so much more. I think she was one of the first people and just watching her stories and you could just see how devastated she was. And then it was like a domino effect of it sweeping the UK. Yeah, it was really, really bad. And um, I've had a couple of problems with like bags of compost that have like killed quite a few of my seedlings and my plants. Um. And then obviously the blight and then just the, fr- the late frost. Like mm. I've, I feel like I've barely harvested anything this year, but it kind of got to the point where I was like, well, I'm just going to put my efforts into the things that I need for Chelsea, which was all my pumpkins and squash and my boxes. And then thought just sort of ride this year out a little bit. Um, I think next year I'm going to plan, just make sure that I've got enough greenhouse space so that, if we have those late frosts again, I'm prepared because I wasn't very prepared this year. Um, and I didn't really have enough space to move my seedlings on. So that'll that'll just teach me. Um, I'm gonna sow a few things a little bit later. I mean, it's and I know we don't need to sow really early on, but I do it for the benefit of like my mental health, like in January and February, you know, it's nice to sow things, it's nice to see the little seedlings, and it really helps me. Um, but when we got to March, April, and we're still having frost, well, April time, still having frost, and I had nowhere <laughs> to put all of my plants, that was a problem. <laughs> yeah, but it's so exciting, like you say, in January, February, when everything is that little bit kind of like, you're almost waiting for things to happen in January, February, and so to sow a little seed and be like, oh, it's germinated, oh, exciting. Yeah. Um, it's yeah. too hard to resist. <laughs> It is too hard to resist. It's such a nice feeling. Um, I think I'm just going to focus on like microgreens, like sowing them a, a bit more like over like the first couple of months and keeping everything back just in case. <laughs> <laughs> Talking of microgreens, just before this, I was eating my dinner, looking at my windowsill. My microgreens have gone mad. They definitely need harvesting before they turn into a full like pea forest. <laughs> yeah. It was all that sun last week. Like yeah. it was really warm, wasn't it? Because yeah. I came back and I've, I've got some really nice chilli plants on my kitchen window and I got back and they'd absolutely shriveled up. Oh no. (laughs) Oh no. (laughs) So um, I'm just trying to revive them with a bit of water. I think it was a bit hotter than I expected. (laughs) Where did that come from, to be honest? It was 23 degrees in London. I know, it was amazing. Literally had sunshine every day. I didn't take my sunglasses to the show on the first day. And then... um, and then was like, yeah, I'm definitely going to have to take them with me because it was so lovely. But I think it's literally been like the nicest, um, the nicest. Um, oh, I can't think what I'm trying to say. It's been <laughs> the nicest um, September that Chelsea could have asked for, really, because definitely. I think it's been um, it's been really, really warm. It's been that sort of Indian summer that like that they probably wanted for the show you know showing off all those like autumnal colors and things I think it was it was a perfect week definitely and it gives you just that little bit of like excitement as well just to be like oh it's sunny like is it a little bit of summer even though it's ended really yeah I like everyone who I spoke to was just like oh I can't tell you how relieved I am that it's sunny today like 
it's like almost like a weight off your shoulders to be like I can just enjoy the day without worrying about being cold or wet or traipsing around in the winter yeah absolutely yeah definitely I think um I think we also I feel like obviously we've missed a lot of shows and stuff over the past like year or whatever so it was really nice that not only did we get a show that's later than it normally is, but it was hot as well. Like, and like you say, we're not all walking around with umbrellas soaking wet. Yeah. Because <laughs> that wouldn't have been nice. Um, so yeah, really, really lucky that it it fell like that. And I think it was just like the perfect, the perfect end to a season for me, really, like being at Chelsea in September. It was really, really nice. And nice to see like Chelsea where you've got harvests you know of pumpkins and chilies on display and um you know people showcasing their dahlias and stuff was just so so nice like to see something different definitely I'm I am really excited for the spring one because I've never seen it in spring but it was it was my first show and it was just amazing I couldn't have asked for anything yeah yeah it is really lovely in spring as well like it is beautiful there's definitely a different feel so I've only been twice so I got to go in May 2019 obviously before like then Covid happened the next year and then I got to see it in autumn so it was so nice to see that like that difference and that contrast. Yeah definitely um so obviously you are an amazing five-star winning (laughs) show garden lady now but um I'd love to hear a little bit more about where your sort of gardening journey began yeah so my gardening journey started um well just about about four and a half years ago now um I got myself an allotment after having a really tough time with my mental health I had um my second daughter Mila five years ago and um, unfortunately had a really really difficult pregnancy throughout and then a traumatic birth and from there I I was okay when she was here and she was safe Um, but over the next sort of six months after she was born um, my mental health started to decline and there was like one day where I woke up and I was completely not myself unfortunately and I was very very poorly mentally um and then physically from from suffering with um whatever was going on in my head and at this point I didn't know what was happening it wasn't till um a couple of weeks later when I got some really um amazing help and um, cognitive behavioral therapy that I was diagnosed with PTSD obviously it's not something that you think about necessarily when you think about um, you know having a baby it's one of the most natural things in the world so obviously to then be diagnosed with um, you know post-traumatic um, you know stress disorder or, or trauma from from that and um, was quite a shock to the system so I'd read a lot about how I could help myself because I needed to live with this this isn't something that goes away it's something that you um, learn to deal with you get it gets better over time and I'm in a good headspace at the moment and I read a lot about how gardening is a great focus therapy and focus therapy is really good for people that suffer with PTSD and I'd also read a lot about how farm therapy is really good as well because it's really like intensely focused so I got myself an allotment and um, I had no idea what I was doing Uh, I remember my dad having one I must have been about four or five I can remember going but I don't remember 
what we did. And my, my dad's always been into like growing his own, um, you know, just raspberries or gooseberries in the garden. And my grandma's always been really heavily into gardening with beautiful hanging baskets. So it's always been something probably subconsciously in the back of my mind. So I got my allotment and uh, had no idea what I was doing, but absolutely fell in love with it. And it did everything that I needed it to do without me even realising it. And it completely saved me. And I think, oh, I know that I wouldn't be here on this journey doing these things like without, um, you know, going, finding gardening or finding my allotment and it, and it helping me. So it's it's been a difficult journey, but one of the most amazing journeys as well. Like I always look back at it and think, I never think, oh, I wish it didn't happen to me because I wouldn't be where I am now. And I wouldn't have found something that I absolutely love. Um, It was a hard thing to go through, but I I look at where I am now and think like it was meant to be. And I love my allotment. I love talking about it. And I'm happy to, you know, in front of people talk about mental health quite openly. And not everyone can do that or wants to do that, but I'm happy to do that. And um, to be able to talk about, you know, gardening for well-being and mental health on on um, a platform is is amazing and then to obviously incorporate that into a garden at Chelsea and to do those things has just been an an amazing journey and um, finding who I am like finding out who you know who I am and what I love and this this is who I am and I think I would never have found that without going through what I went through so even though it's been super tough, like my allotment has has saved me and and look where I am now. So it's it's a good journey and it's a positive journey. It's just hard. <laughs> yeah, no, that is an amazing story. And thank you for sharing that. Because I think it is, gardening is one of those things where, I, I think I said this on the podcast last week, but you don't really understand quite how amazing and all of the different things it can do for you until you start doing it. Like a lot of, um friends and family like until they've actually been and like potted on seedlings and kind of lost a few hours at the plot they don't really see why you're so obsessed with it and why you're so like all I talk about is plants and I think um like I've luckily never suffered terribly with my mental health but I think if I hadn't have got the allotment at the point that I did there's a lot of things that have happened over the past year happened over the past years where had I have not had that space to kind of, like you say, it's that focus of doing a job and kind of like going through a process. And I find it just really stops me from overthinking. And like, if I'm feeling anxious or if there's something that is going on, like outside of the allotment, I find it so easy to leave it, leave it at the gate <laughs> and then just yeah, kind of definitely. like enjoy that time. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think, um, very right I, I've had a few friends and family members that have come to the allotment um and maybe gardening isn't a thing but after a couple of hours I've been there I've said I've absolutely loved that and it's because it's just so like you say it's so good for us and you just lose your time down there but in a really positive way like you're doing something that's good for you and it's it's good for it's good for nature and it, it's good for everything and I've had people that like come and done that and then said oh I I want an allotment or started doing more gardening and I think that's like such a nice thing to see like you say you don't have to garden um you know you start gardening because you're struggling but actually 
if you've already found gardening before that it's probably helped you through some struggles that mm. may have resulted in it being um, a more difficult time if you didn't have that as you know something to go to definitely and it's so inspiring for other people as well who like if they're going through a tough time I actually a lady I met um off Instagram actually she's local to me she gave me some seeds in a Tesco car park once um, <laughs> she she actually said that someone I think maybe a paramedic friend of hers had bought her a sad plant sale house plant and they gave her this sad house plant that was on the brink of death and had been like you can nurture this back to life <laughs> if you put your mind yeah. to it and she said she like obsessed over this plant for a few weeks and then a new green leaf came out and she said she honestly like felt almost like an instant like new purpose in life. And so yeah. she nourished this plant back to full health. And then she was like, I'm going to have more plants. And it's like a real good like focus of my energy. And then she got an allotment and her kind of like progress moved from there. And she said she'd been through so many other different things where she tried different therapies and speaking to different people. And it just wasn't getting her anywhere. And it was this 50p plant from like the local <laughs> corner shop that it's kind of like brought her out of um, where she felt like she couldn't sort of get out of it. So I just think that it's amazing what what plants can do for us, really. Absolutely. Like, like you say, on so many levels, whether it's just growing on your windowsill or having an allotment or having house plants, like there's so many elements to you know, gardening or plants, um, like nature and well-being and stuff. Um, there's so many, so many things that you can do that that help benefit benefit you. And you don't need an allotment space. You don't have to go and take that on. You can just, like you say, go and buy some sad house plants and hopefully revive them. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's it so doesn't, rewarding. It doesn't always work out. I've tried to save a few plants no. before that haven't quite worked out. But most of them, like with a little bit of TLC, <laughs> they can yeah. get get to some level of livable <laughs> yeah I've definitely killed a few as well like let's just make this like reality like um <laughs> not all of my house plants have survived <laughs> mine neither <laughs> um and the same with the allotment I people yeah. ask me about this so much they go oh you've just got green fingers and I'm like mm, I think if you saw the quantities in which I sow seeds and then yeah. like only a certain amount germinate and then by the time you've put some on you might have knocked a few or snapped a few stems yeah and you end up with yeah. like glorious glorious pots and borders but plant graveyards yeah. is full <laughs> yeah yeah like my my compost heap is terrible like if you look at that through the summer there's some very sad plants in it but I just think well they're there to make my compost so it's all good <laughs> it's the circle of life <laughs> it really is <laughs> Um, so this is something I really wanted to ask you, actually. You've got a lovely garden with lots of pots and stuff. And you have your amazing allotment, which is, I think, absolutely huge. I can't remember how many square metres it is, but I feel like it's a big Thank one. You. Yeah, I think it's like 290. Which is huge. Yeah, it's, it is big. It's, I think it's bigger than it looks. I struggle to like take photos of because of like where it is. I can't take a side view photo, so it has to be long. And it, I think it it doesn't really show just how how much of it is there <laughs> but how do you decide which plants go where I think for me um I tend to keep things more visual at home mm -hmm. because I find that it's the first thing I look at I get up in the morning I go downstairs I look out or I look out the window or I look out the the double doors to go outside um 
so for me it's like visual so I always I go for a lot more color um in the pots like directly outside and like to have a nice mix of um veg and flowers so I, I probably tend to have more flowers at home um a lot of my pots pots are like layered like lasagna layer bulbs um and then um you know a few like all pollinating plants so like uh, salvia foxglove um all of those sort of things but I tend to go for like the color that I can see because I think like it's it's always in my eye line um but then with the allotment um I just throw in whatever's left like <laughs> so if there's any of the plants I thought oh I'll grow for the garden if there's any left out they all go down there but for me the the allotment's the same though so I put all my dahlia patch outside my shed because if I'm sat having a cup of tea I want to be able to see it so for me I think it's it's definitely about like visually what I can see from the most important spaces so at home it's got to be the colour and um the variety of plants in those pots directly outside the door but that's the same outside the shed so all my dahlias so I can see them I love that love love the logic of it as well <laughs> yeah <laughs> And, and so, so I feel like I'm going to go back a little bit to when I very first joined Instagram I think that you were the first person I actually like properly spoke to in like direct Aww. messages I didn't at the time I had no idea that there was like a whole like gardening community or that yeah. people were so into it like I didn't really know what I was getting myself in for here at Amber, 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 <laughs> yeah. gardening, <laughs> fully immersed but, in it now <laughs> yeah so I feel like you were like one of the first people to start my journey, which is why I'm so excited to have you on the podcast. Um, but the first thing that I like properly remember was, I don't know if it was Big Macs 1 or Big Macs 2, yeah. but Big Macs, we have to talk I know. About yeah, so I don't know how this started. Well, I do. I went into Lidl <laughs> one day and there was some Big Macs, pumpkin seeds, where they grow bigger than sort of average size, but also... Um, not as big as like obviously the big seeds that you can get from you know other places and I saw it and I was like do you know what I, I look my first season I grew loads of pumpkins and squash and loved them like I think it, they're so magical you plant a tiny seed and very quickly you see a seedling it grows they grow really rapidly and mm-hmm. within a couple of months you've got pumpkins so it must have been season two like on the allotment where um, I'd found the Big Mac seeds and decided to give it a go and had like a really, really um, awesome time growing it. It grew so quickly into document that was so good. But unfortunately, it split and um, rotted. So that was like really sad. I'm not going to lie. I stood on my allotment and cried. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> which is so silly but um I was like so upset that I didn't have it for Halloween for the kids that's like why I really wanted to grow it so then the the next time I was like right I sent loads of of the seeds out to people to follow and you know they could grow along I think I want a competition remember- for the grow along I had a packet yes, of seeds yeah. and I grew one yeah yeah well I put mine in didn't I and I think I must have got a dodgy seed because it grew like a (laughs) tiny little pumpkin so that was season two over and then uh season three last year was just amazing and I managed to grow like the 
it was bigger than the first one. I grew it all the way. I managed to it ripen on the vine and it was about 34 kilograms. So I only just managed to lift it for a photo. It was really, really heavy and it was huge. Shaped. It was huge. And it stayed outside my front door until about January until it like burst. <laughs> I just didn't want to move it. Well, I couldn't move it if I'm honest. So I just left it there. Um, and it was, but it was so much fun. Like, and I think, I think what people love is you, you put the seed in the soil and within a few days it germinates. And like every two days, it's like a new leaf from the plant. And then these leaves are sort of as big as your head, like within like 10 days. And the, the, um, how quickly it grows. It's, I think that's what people like when things are quite instant. So mm-hmm. pumpkins, I think that's why pumpkins keep kids really interested and involved because you know you sow the seeds they grow really quickly and then they start growing these pumpkins and once the pumpkins start every two days you can literally see that them expanding it's absolutely crazy and I, I often use that in my hand or my foot to sort of show the size of them and yeah it's been so good so obviously this year really really excited about this year grew the most amazing plant and as I planted it, the vine twisted and snapped and I cried again, <laughs> which is so pathetic. But honestly, um, oh, you know, when you're just so excited about something and you put all this effort into it and then that happens, which was gutting. But the the lovely um, people at um, Giant Veg sent me a plant out and it's gone in. But unfortunately, I think just this season has been so bad that it started to grow um, and it had a bit of damage underneath it. So that didn't continue. So I cut it off. But by the time I'd cut that one off to let another one start, just too late. So I've just got like a medium sized pumpkin, unfortunately. But (laughs) don't worry. Next year is the year. I can feel it because I'm going to start prepping the area like now. (laughs) (laughs) this time next year you'll be sat here thinking you've won you've won the pumpkin game yeah I'm I'm hoping that my pumpkin is something like the one that was at um, Chelsea oh my (laughs) goodness absolutely ridiculous like you could sit on it it was incredible it was literally Um, like the size of an armchair yeah like that that's that's uh, big max goals for uh 2022 (laughs) so watch out I can't wait to see. I was going to ask, have you got any top tips for growing giant pumpkins? Yeah. So when I've been successful, <laughs> which is about 50-50 at the moment, it's I think it's a lot to do with about just prepping the ground, making sure that you give the ground like a good um a good feed. So I just put a lot of like um I use plant grow like mulch, um, put a lot of like dig a big hole, like put a lot of that in the bottom just to feed it. Um, because they are so thirsty and so hungry and always plant like a big uh, like plastic plant pot in the hole where you're going to plant it so when you water you water into the into the um, plant pot and the water goes directly to the roots you're not losing any of that water because they are so thirsty I um I tend to go as often as I can when through the summer to water so I also make sure that once I've planted it I I thickly mulch around where the um where the base of the plant is so where the roots are um because 
you want to hold as much moisture in there as possible. And then you want to make sure that you're uh, feeding at, at least every week. Um, they, they absolutely suck. <laughs> um, they, but that, um, also if you can like put like a thin layer of mulch along the ground that where the vine's going to grow, that's good too, because every, um, every branch that comes out of, of the, the plant that will put roots into the ground as well. So if you've got some mulch there, it will take all the, all the goodness from the mulch and hopefully that will retain the moisture. So when it rains, it holds it under there for the pumpkin to get to. So lots of space, lots of water and lots of mulch. <laughs> <laughs> I'm definitely going to grow another giant one next year. I think this year yeah. my pumpkins have been rubbish. I think that mm-hmm. they have not been fed once <laughs> they um, yeah. <laughs> yeah they're just they're not neglected it's just rained loads so I haven't felt the need to care for them as much as I usually would yeah but um I next do year. that as well where if it's been raining you kind of go oh well I don't need to go and water so then you don't go and feed like which yeah. can be not the best thing but um, my pumpkins and squash were okay this year I got some really nice ones but not as good as the years before I, I definitely feel like this year has been a lot harder I think it has just been the growing conditions this year though like I remember my first year of growing everything grew perfectly but it was on reflection perfect weather conditions whereas the last yeah. two years have been polar opposites and you couldn't yeah couldn't plan for it really no no that's and I think like um I do think as well like you know when you have a really good first year you know in the mm-hmm. second year you're like yeah I can do this <laughs> so I do think you don't try as hard <laughs> yeah <laughs> which is really bad but I think I've got a little bit lax with a few things <laughs> yeah I'm with you there I would say it goes from like ambition levels go from zero, zero to 100 because you like my first year I never thought that anything would grow and then it all did and I was like oh brilliant got a natural talent for this year two yeah. I was like I'm gonna grow everything I've got a double-sized plot yeah. like this is, gonna, this is gonna be brilliant and literally nothing grew and I was even this week PTP was a disappointment and I was like that's what you get for being a bit cocky yeah. about. <laughs> yeah. Um, you can grow things. That, yeah, I think that's definitely me as well. Mm. <laughs> I sort of like, I feel like I've definitely neglected things a little bit too much this year in hope that they would still grow. <laughs> Just seeing what we can get away with, really. Yeah. <laughs> well, to be fair, sometimes nature likes to be nice and sometimes it's like, mm, not this year. Yeah, definitely. How's your mini orchard going on the allotment? I love that as a new addition for this year. Yeah, really good. Um, I did have, I said to you I had a problem with some compost and actually three Mm. of the trees were planted with that compost and they've completely died. Yeah, so that was something I was actually just looking at. I want to replace them, but I've got Mm. five on the allotment. I've got five in the garden. So, but yeah, they're really thriving in the pots. I think I just need to add... A little bit of a top up on top of the pots uh, just before the uh, just before winter so I'm going to put like a mulch compost mm-hmm. just on, on the top of those um, and but yeah they seem good so I'm hoping I'll get a bit of fruit next year from them but I just thought it'd be a really nice idea just to see exactly what you can grow in pots which is realistically anything as long as you look after it enough and give it enough space so I'm gonna um I've, I've like sort of probably doubled the amount of like variety that I grew of things in the, a lot, um, in the garden this year. So I'm going to add some more things to it 
Um, mm-hmm. I wanted to try growing some like pumpkins in pots or like pots with trellis and stuff. Um, but I didn't have enough pumpkin plants and I needed them really at the allotment. Oh. So Chelsea, so mm-hmm. I didn't do that this year. So that's definitely on my like the first thing on my to-do list next year just to see how much I can really do in like a small space yeah I think it's really important to showcase like vertical growing or small space growing because realistically that's what most people have is a smaller space definitely and like you say there's so much you can do um I grew the little munchkin pumpkins in pots of my allotment the first year and they grew so well and they're so cute and you buy them in Tesco for like a pound a pumpkin whereas I'm sure I bought the plants for like three pounds for like eight plants yeah yeah they're really expensive and I think that like that's what you say that if you can showcase it you can buy a pack of seeds for a few pounds you can grow all the you know all the plants yourself and you can put them in pots on your patio and have these mini little pumpkins if you can showcase that to people I think it gets people um, more interested in growing that maybe don't grow anything or that you know um I think I think like you say those little pumpkins are quite fashionable now as well Mm, a lot of people have them in like their interior like you know people paint them and stuff so if you can showcase people that maybe don't go on that you can actually do those things in a part like I think that's fantastic the amount that you can grow in pots is amazing and I think as well, even in an allotment where I've got so much open ground, pots, pots are great to utilise for like when the ground isn't ready or when there's other things still in the ground. Um, yeah. A lovely lady on Instagram, Katrina, who I speak to all the time, she's growing kale in pots in the greenhouse over winter so that they're not affected by the slugs. And yes. they look pretty beautiful yeah. as well. So I'm excited yeah. to kind of have a bit of like variety around the allotment, like without having to use up too much ground space. And someone else on Instagram... Yeah puts their pots in the borders when the borders start to look a bit sad and it's yeah that's such a good idea that's so good I think that's like the same for me like even though I have such a big allotment I grow so many pumpkins and squash and actually you know when you grow a giant pumpkin it takes up so much space so for me it's finding ways to grow things in pots at home so I can have more things um, so ba- basically I'm growing so I have more space <laughs> ground space <laughs> for pumpkins and squash that's my main aim every year <laughs> Love it. <laughs> but yeah there is there is so much you can do and it's lovely as well because like if you've got a balcony a windowsill a little patio area the only thing is that people have to bear in mind is that you the pots do just need a lot more water like my greenhouse yeah. this year because it's rained so much outside I've not been to the allotment as much because it's raining and then you end up going like I go down in my wellies and I'm like the greenhouse is literally like dry as a bone yeah yeah it's um I think that's the only like problem with growing in pots like Mm. at the allotment is if you don't if you don't plan to go down there as much or if you've got a greenhouse or a polytunnel it's actually quite hard if you if you like look at the weather and think oh it's gonna rain all week like you've still got to go down like you're saying do your polyton or do your greenhouses and yeah. um, I have been um well I have this year used more like mulch like, on top of my pots and mm-hmm. and like shell, shells and stuff um and actually like they've they've all done better like, I've hardly watered so obviously when it has rained like it's it's kept the moisture in there so I do think like adding a bit of mulch to the top of the pots really does help so if you've got a balcony or like a small patio area with pots, like definitely invest in some mulch. Like I think mm. it's really, really 
like it's been really positive for me like this year I'm going to give that top tip to my mum because she does have a beautiful garden, but she is terrible for watering. So most of the time when I visit, you can just see these, like, it is basically a garden of plant graveyard. If she listens to this, she'll be devastated. Yeah. Her garden is essentially one big plant graveyard. Sorry, mum. That's it. <laughs> well, hopefully she's listening to your podcast and she can sort it out. <laughs> Definitely. You just need some mulch. And at the allotment, we have unlimited mulch because there is, there is like the biggest heap of wood chip that you could imagine oh, really? and it's chopped up weekly so oh that's so good like that's really lucky we don't have any um like nobody has like access into our allotment so mm-hmm. there's nowhere like you can drop like manure off or wood chip so we don't have that it's not like easily accessible like, I have to like get in touch with people to bring me that so I might only get that like once every sort of 18 months so we don't we don't get that and um it's the shame really because there's probably loads of people in the area that could drop it off and like they yeah. like it would get used like the amount of people that would use it on the allotments for like paths and like you say mulching in borders and stuff would be really beneficial yeah it's such an amazing free resource like we're really lucky because I think there, there must be two or three different tree surgeons that drop it off because I always think it's the ones I know and I go running down the allotment say hello and offer them a cup of tea and then it's someone else and I end up like running back the other way like a loop <laughs> but um it's so, it's nice it's that they crazy all, lady yeah running away with her spade <laughs> um but they drop off different types of wood chip and so you can pick one yeah. that's like a bit leafier there are some that are, i wish i knew what kind of trees they were but some that are absolutely like gorgeous yeah, bright oranges and you lay them and you're like oh it looks amazing yeah um but then you dig down a bit deeper and because the pile is so huge you dig a bit deeper and there's this amazing like compost underneath um yeah I don't use it as pure like pure compost but like as a mulch and things like that is absolutely brilliant yeah I sometimes add a like a small layer of wood chip into my compost bin like every now and then because it it gets really hot so it's really good for um composting and also I've got a couple of those like compost bins that look like um the plastic ones and they don't yeah they don't break down very well so I always put wood chip on like in the top of them and the heat from that really breaks it down and I've noticed a huge difference doing it that this year so that's really helped yeah it's really good it's really good as well because you can see like them um in some of the layers you dig down into you can see like the mycelium mycelium is that what it's called I feel like that I'm pronouncing that wrong but you can see it like working its way through and I just think that must be I've listened to lots of podcasts that say that that's amazing for the compost so um every time I find a bit I'm like oh I'll take this with me in my, in my hand <laughs> take that oh I love that that's so good I find um I found composting like quite hard actually this year or like over the past year I've sort of like cracked it a little bit more and it definitely is like um layers mm. <laughs> just keep thinking of Shrek and onions like lots of layers <laughs> like um and like I've managed to like get hold of wood chips so I've had some spare so I've made like a pile so I could put a bit of wood chip in and then the um you know um like making sure that when I cut my grass I take all my grass clippings down and and you know cardboard and stuff but I found like this year's probably been my best year for compost so I'm hoping I've got a nice bit of my own compost I can finally use on the allotment yeah I'm so, so glad you said <laughs> I'm so glad you said that because it is something that like I'd never really considered 
that I could make my own compost this year. I've always had a compost bin, but have never really paid that much attention to it other than like yeah. plants that I'm throwing away go in the compost bin. But yeah. like you say, there is a bit of an art to it. It's not necessarily okay. just chuck green stuff in a bin because it goes like slightly grim. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. But I think once you get used to like used to it, it's it's quite easy. But I think you do have to put a little bit of um bit of effort into it. And I probably didn't realize that you needed to and now I now I have them oh this is quite easy so I think I'm like really ready um for like next season to you know hopefully make a lot more home compost (laughs) definitely and it will save you so much money (laughs) yeah definitely it's not cheap (laughs) no Um, not when you're growing thousands of plants anyway (laughs) do you turn your compost super tool um, yes so I've made it's like a double pallet one now so I've made it so that I can actually I keep one empty and I, I layer it up and then I flip it over to the other one and um, I've done that a couple of times this year and it's yeah it's worked really well I've got some nice compost at the bottom so I found that that was a bit easier I've not even attempted to try and get into those plastic bins to see what that compost is like Uh, but I think I might get that out and put it put it into my compost heap and try and layer that with some you know some wood chip and cardboard and stuff and see if I can get that going as well yeah definitely I think that two pallet system is what I need really I have got a new compost like bay this year because it looks nice yeah but, um, it yeah I don't know how, how I could get in, get in and turn it really but it's full yeah <laughs> yeah that's always good <laughs> yeah I've actually started a second one which is mean it is mainly weeds because I'm a little bit do you put weeds in your compost? I'm a little bit nervous I'm, about it. Yeah, I'm really nervous. So I have a bay the opposite side of my allotment <laughs> that is literally full. And I mean, full, like realistically overflowing with fine weed and um, ground elder and oh, just all the most horrific, <laughs> horrific perennial um, weeds you can think of. No, I don't put any in. Oh, oh, it's full of couch grass as well. Oh, my gosh. This is another one I was going to say. See, I can't even bring myself to put the couch grass roots in the weed bin. I put them on the fire. Yeah, I... I'm like you, I'm so scared that I'm going to like ruin my beautiful compost that's that's taken me about a year to create, that everything um, goes in the other bay. Or I have... um, is it cooch grass, couch grass, however you pronounce it. Um, I've I've put a lot of that in those plastic ones um, because people say it can take like three years for it to like break down. So I've put it in them for a couple of years. So we'll see. maybe I'll have a look over the winter and see how it's doing. Because mm. the roots but, are yeah, so yeah. noticeable. Like they are bold. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you can't miss them. <laughs> so yeah, I'm the same as you. Keep it all separate so I know what I'm doing. <laughs> I'm glad because lots of people say like, oh, chuck it all in like the compost. I've seen a lot of people saying like even even couch grass will break down in the compost. But after last year's disaster. So when I dug up this like mound of wood chip and weeds that I'd started the first year on that particular allotment, I sieved it all and was like, oh, my God, look at this amazing compost that I've accidentally made. I was so proud and then put it everywhere and realised I'd literally sown forget me nots over the entire plot. And I know that they're not necessarily a weed. They are beautiful. Yeah. They sell seed and they sell seed and they sell seed and it is relentless. Yes. A bit of a nightmare. Yeah. 
Yeah, so I'm not doing it again. They they're just no. going to stay separate. Stay separate. Yeah, <laughs> I don't blame you. <laughs> but I do think it'll be really rewarding. Like like you say, when you get your first bit of because it does look amazing as well when you make it. Like I remember being really proud of that weed infested compost but it does look great and just such an amazing resource and there's so much plant waste that it does just go into compost like areas anyway but it might as well sort of be recycled and reused yeah definitely I think obviously it's great for the environment but also if you can just even make one bag of compost like that that saves you some money (laughs) and it's really rewarding (laughs) really rewarding Well, a bag of compost is like, what, six quid minimum? Yeah, yeah. Really expensive. It is, you know, like you say, when you come to Sony Seedlands, like it's not cheap. But um, but then I look at it and think, well, my allotment doesn't cost me much over the year. And realistically, if I break it all down to the year, except for my seed, you know, my seed buying habit, that's probably a bit excessive. (laughs) But um, if you break it up over the year, realistically, it's just just a gym membership or it's just another hobby so um and it and it takes up most of my life so it's it's probably really good value (laughs) definitely worth the cost (laughs) but I just imagine if if one day my allotment could be self-compost sufficient I would feel like I'd won at life yeah absolutely maybe one day we'll get there like maybe in like another like two three four years time we'll be like yeah we've mastered it (laughs) yeah goals for the future (laughs) yeah (laughs) um so something else I wanted to talk about is the um community allotment that you've set up is is it Stowford Railway um Sleaford Railway Railway. Station yes that is amazing what an amazing project I know it was so great to be involved um they they said that they obviously there's a lot of spaces on um you know at train stations that are sort of disused or unloved or nobody's looking after and at Sleaford station they they had no like community um like station adopters they call them where that you know you, you know when you go to a station you see lovely hanging baskets or whatever there's normally station adopters that go and pick up litter and water them and plant them and keep everything looking nice and there was none at Sleaford so they decided you know there was um, some funding t- to do something with the the area and then hopefully that would bring in station adopters to then look after the platform and stuff because it's a beautiful um, little station and uh, I, I just happened to like know someone and they they said like what about doing a community allotment and I was like yes I'd love to and it's been such a lovely project to do it was it's a bit it was a bit sad because it actually when when was sort of meant to just go full steam ahead <laughs> ignore the pun um to, <laughs> to start the train station project um covid hit so it, oh, it's all been a bit of a nightmare really and things haven't been done when we wanted them to be done but I think realistically by the end of October everything should be in place just got a couple of little things to finish um but it looks so nice the difference that the space has made and I uh, the worry at the time was that the area that it's in isn't a great area there was lots of um litter there was lots of um people that would go drinking around that area and throw things and it was it was it's a it's a rundown sort of um area and it was a bit of a worry that we create this allotment and that it might get vandalized but 
since we've changed the space, I think a lot of people have seen the change in the space, seen the change, like, and it's been like a good thing. Like this, it's full of flowers and it's full of vegetables and there's a nice shed and there's all these green plants and there's bird feeders and there's birds all around. There's birds nesting in the trees now and stuff. And it's, it's completely transformed the space that actually every time I've gone up there to like litter pick or anyone's gone to do a check, there's hardly been any litter yeah, it used to be full of just beer cans and dog poo and horror, you know, people just throwing anything there. Now the space is completely different. I think people are like respecting that a little bit more. And um, also we've had a group, um, a charity that have like adopted the space as well. So Aww. they go and they go and do like the planting and they can go and do a bit of weeding or watering when they want to. Uh, so I'm hoping to organize hopefully in the next couple of weeks to go and plant all the onion sets and garlic bulbs and all the all the autumn stuff. So that's really nice. And it's nice to be like continually involved with that. And I've said, you know, I'm happy to grow extra tomato plants and things like that that we can go and plant. So from doing that as well, um, I've I've become a station adopter there. My mum and dad have as well, and then oh. we've got some other people sign on, which is great. So we've got more people now involved in that space. There are some more areas on the station, so hopefully we might be able to start making those areas look a bit nicer as well. And um, and yeah, it's it's just, it's just it's probably probably been like one of the most like rewarding things to be involved in. And, and also it's up for an award. So um, go to an award ceremony in December for Community Rail. So we're up for an award for the space. So that's that's great. <laughs> that sounds like the most amazing thing, like as well to see what a difference it's made to the community, like even already when it's not fully sort of set up, like it sounds like it's yeah. just changed the space completely. Yeah, absolutely. The amount of comments we've had from people that have said like, wow, it just changes because there's like bus stops right outside, like saying, oh, it's so nice to like look at things. And um, a lot of like um, the train drivers that drove like that go through have said, oh, wow, the space looks so good. Um, And we're also if there's any like surplus produce, like we're hoping to send that to the food banks and things like that. So it's just it's just a really positive space. And obviously, having flowers is always positive and it always brings like a smile to people's faces and I think being able to change something that was honestly literally just such an unused like dreary sad area and to brighten it up and change that it's, it's just really really positive um I can't wait to go hopefully in a couple of weeks we've got a nice little bench to put around the tree and we've got some boards to go on the fences basically explaining the journey of what we've what we've done there and that would be like the last finishing touches so really excited to get it finished. I feel like you need a little opening ceremony have you had an opening ceremony? Yeah we did yeah we had an opening ceremony in I think it was in July just as like all the things started to um, you know all the lockdown things started to set you know settle a little bit more and the mayor came and opened it and um, we had we had like somebody named the space and stuff like that and yeah it was just really really lovely and nice to have people come and um, celebrate that was was really nice definitely and an opportunity as well for people who don't necessarily have outdoor spaces that they can get involved 
if they want to again it's one of those things where you can just take on a little bit take on whatever you can without it being a massive allotment commitment or anything like that which is brilliant yeah I think a lot of people don't have you know that might live in flats or apartments don't have access to outdoor you know community and outdoor space so then need these community spaces and we've said like if anybody gets off the train and goes oh I want a bit of rosemary they can just help themselves like you know that's what it's there for and hopefully then people will come to use it definitely oh it sounds amazing um, <laughs> I I could chat to you absolutely all evening but yeah. I'm conscious that it probably is nearly bedtime for us so, so I'm going to wrap up with a few last questions if you don't mind um, no I don't mind at all I feel like I know what the answers are going to be for a couple of these but what is okay. your favourite vegetable to grow okay yeah definitely pumpkin <laughs> <laughs> yeah guess that one um, what is your favourite flower to grow Dahlia. <laughs> Two down. This is like this is a quiz that everyone will get right. Everyone would know my answers. <laughs> yeah, hundred percent. To be fair, I think that only one guest of the podcast has said anything about dahlias. <laughs> oh, okay. Wow. Everyone loves them. They do. And then, what is your plant nemesis? Oh, okay. So. I'm very up and down with this and what really annoys me with it is that it is so simple really it's probably you know when they say oh get into gardening grow this or kids grow this it's beetroot like I know really (laughs) yeah um had like it took me two years of like really really trying all different methods and then finally I grew some like really proud of myself and then since then I've not been able to do it again and I don't know why <laughs> that, that is a funny one I have honestly come and my allotment and please take it away because I, I probably say on every podcast it's so difficult to give away bunches of beetroot because no one's really that interested in taking like goblet sized bowls of beetroot <laughs> Well, let me take them because I can't grow minuscule ones at the moment. Like they germinate and that's it. Like it's terrible, but I'm, I'm not going to give up. I'm going to keep doing it every year. I think, um, I think one year I'll succeed and I'll probably have way too many. I think next year is going to be beetroot and pumpkin haven. I can just feed yeah, it. Yeah, definitely. That's all I'm going to grow. That's all I need. I'm going to go and get the seeds sorted tomorrow and, that, and that's it. I'm ready for the year. Yeah. Well, if this is a good luck charm, charm. So much more, Becky. She said that aubergines were her plant nemesis, and I've seen her harvesting aubergines all summer. I know. Yeah, I, I, um, I remember her saying that, but she's had a really good season with them, hasn't she? Yeah, I managed yeah, to get I'm, four. I'm, I also couldn't grow them before, but I've, I have had four little ones this year. So, yeah, I, I've, um, my aubergine plants like. I always grow, they always grow really well. And then I always have a problem with them getting spider mites in my oh, really? greenhouse. So yeah, you need, they need to be quite like, they like the moisture and I always struggle with that. But actually I put a load outside this year and they've done really well. Oh, amazing. I didn't even know that they'd grow outside. Yeah, um, I did put them out like quite late. I left them in my greenhouse as long as I could. But then, um, yeah, they've grown really, really, really well. I didn't know if it was the varieties that I grew, but Um, they did a lot better outside than inside for me amazing I'm gonna give it a go next year (laughs) yeah I don't even like (laughs) aubergines that much I just am determined no just want to grow them 
yeah definitely <laughs> okay so last question do you have any exciting plans coming up or is this the year the Chelsea Flower Show is the last big project of the year yeah that was the last big project of the year I don't have anything like exciting lined up either I'm actually quite excited just to have a couple of months to like just strip my allotment back and enjoy it a bit the only exciting thing I'm going to do is order myself a new shed and honestly I can't wait (laughs) oh that is very exciting yeah definitely but I'd love to do something next year and maybe get involved with something next year so hopefully there'll be some sort of opportunity to do something but um if not I'm just going to enjoy my allotment for what it is Definitely. To be fair, you'll probably enjoy just having the time to actually enjoy the allotment for one year. Yeah, yeah, definitely. A hundred percent. But I'm still keeping my fingers crossed that you have an amazing opportunity because I bloody love watching them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, me too. I would quite like to do a little show garden, even if it was just like something like like on a small scale or like a little a little something. I don't know. Maybe I'll go hunting and see if there's anything fun I could do. I don't know the process, but when I went to Hampton Court Palace, I, the first thing I said to my mum was, oh, imagine my little allotment with a little allotment, because they have the allotment ones, this, yeah. they had them this year, and I was like, she would do a fantastic oh, really? job of that. I mm. would love that, like, that's what I'd really love, like, I've, that, that's what's in my head, so maybe I should go and have a little look. <laughs> I'm sure that there's, like, an application process or something, you should definitely oh. give it a go. <laughs> think I might have to go and have a little nosy and see if there's something I could do I feel like you get the bug a little bit like you want to do more um even though at the time like I say it's quite stressful like but then you're like what's next like what could I do <laughs> definitely that is 100% the kind of person I am it's like oh my exam's coming up shall I start a podcast yeah go on then and then yeah. I yeah I did the first season was like oh yeah that was brilliant that was really stressful like trying to run them both at the same time and then I thought, oh, I've launched a new podcast. Oh, my exams are in six weeks. Oh, ideal. Perfect time. <laughs> yeah. Let's just make this as stressful as possible. Can't wait. <laughs> it's just so much fun, though. You can't say no to, like, exciting things coming up. Yeah, definitely. You've got to just, like, grab it, grab the opportunity and go with it. Definitely. Especially after such a long time where we couldn't do exciting things. <laughs> yeah, I think that's even more reason to say yes, isn't it? Absolutely. Well, it has been such a pleasure chatting with you about all things planty and Chelsea Flower Show. Um, thanks for your time. No, thank you so much. I've absolutely loved it. Thank you for having me on the podcast and taking your time to talk to me. But like you say, it's um, it's so easy to chat. Like I could probably just chat to you all night about things. So I've absolutely loved it. Thank you so much. Oh, thank you. You too. I really hope that you enjoyed listening to this episode just as much as we enjoyed recording it. Kirsty is such an amazing lady who has achieved so much and been such an inspiration for me and many, many others. So if you've not come across her already, definitely head over to her page to give her a follow at my underscore little underscore allotment. Next year at her allotment is going to be epic and I can't wait to follow along and see all of the pumpkin adventures. If you've enjoyed listening today, please do subscribe to keep up to date with upcoming episodes and leave a review. In the meantime, I'd love to hear any of your questions and stories on Instagram at Diary of a Lady Gardener or via email diaryofaladygardener at gmail.com. 
That's all from me this week. Happy growing! <laughs>